up, guys? We are back. Captain Gentleman's Double Crew in the booth on a Monday because we had a very exciting weekend. Can't wait to talk to everybody about it and discuss a few things about the first WGC event of the 2021 year on the men's side down at the concessions, which is in Florida. Normally it's in Mexico, but COVID brought everybody down there. Got all three of us, like I said, in the booth. Jakey, you are got a lot of snow. You got the Texas storm. How you holding up? Uh, yeah, pr- pretty miserable to, I think this is like the third or fourth week in a row where I, we're recording and I'm under snow, um, pretty much ready to be done, but I'm going to be going to Virginia at the end of the week next week to get a couple rounds in. So pretty excited about that. Whoa. Just sliding out, taking days off or, um, I'm just pulling, pulling one quick little sick day and then, you know, uh, off we go for the weekend. So it'll be a Friday, uh, exit. I like it. You're prepping for the Ryder Cup early. You know, you're getting yeah. down a little warmer weather, getting a little little grind in. I like it. I like it. Gotta do it. Captain loves to hear those things. Vinny, we also got you back in the booth. How are you doing this this fine evening? Good, man. I'm happy to uh, be working from home a bit this week in comparison to last week. Last week was nuts. Um, obviously, we talked about how or Jake talked about how crazy <laughs> Texas was last week. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be relaxing. It's 70 and sunny out today, so... Let's fucking do it. Yeah, you guys are welcome, by the way, for for me, you know, covering that shit. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? You did (laughs) such a service. Uh, No, we we do appreciate that. Vinny, so you didn't shower for like 72 hours, huh? Yeah, so uh, stuck downtown in the hotel with no power, or with power, but no water uh, after Tuesday, and uh, I came home Thursday night, so my last shower was Monday night, and... uh, you know, my being being a greasy Italian dude, by Thursday, if you touched my hair, your hand would shine like you covered in Pam. So uh, <laughs> it was not pretty. <laughs> Nothing like a good Italian shower with your roommate, Adam. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, we're back. Uh, Wildcat had a little bit of damage. Hope, you know, hopefully they're okay. Luckily, it wasn't the golf course. It was just a little side of their kitchen, but <clears throat> still... They will be serving a limited menu for a little while, and I think uh, they said they won't have water there for a couple of days because they're fixing some things. So they got Porta Johns outside. But all mm-hmm. things considered, everybody in our inner circle, I think, is pretty unscathed. Maybe a few minor things here and there, but let's talk a little bit of golf. So one of my favorite events, I think the whole group can agree, down this weekend at Riviera, out in the L.A., the L.A. Open, but it's called now the Genesis Invitational, which is sponsored by Tiger and his foundation uh going on quite a while now tiger of course not in the field we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of this segment uh we are in the clubhouse talking about this um but it ended up being an unbelievable event had a lot of drama not only did they have some weather in the mix on saturday the course was firm uh and we had quite the drama on Sunday that culminated with a two-man playoff between Max Homa and Tony Finau. Before we talk about that, let's first lead off with the guy who was in the lead for three and a half days, Sam Burns, who shot 64-66 and then shot 74 on Saturday's round, which ended on Sunday morning because they had some weather. Jakey, Impressed, not impressed with Sam Burns. What did you think about, uh, you know, the first two and a half rounds from from Mr. Burns? Yeah, I, I mean, how can you not be impressed? I mean, the guy, like, played really, really solid golf. And I think maybe more than that, like, 
he's kind of the forgotten man over the last couple of weeks because he he would have like you know three good rounds and then kind of flounder somewhere in the uh, in the mix. And I don't know. I, I just think you see a lot of um, maturity in his game and a lot of progression. And the guy like honestly kind of kills it too. I really didn't know he he had that kind of speed. So yeah, I think it's, if you're Sam Burns, regardless of how this ended up, like it's got to be kind of a confidence building. Uh, situation because that course was really really tough on the weekends so yeah i mean he you know obviously he played way better than everybody on on thursday's round shot 64 was two better than max homa uh matthew fitzpatrick and i believe one other person but you know had a and then had a decent sized lead going into the weekend yes played very well you know again i think you learn from your leads uh, and playing on Sunday in the final group, you know, you're a little bit a place he's not quite comfortable with. And he played very well uh, up until about the 10th hole uh, on the back nine on Sunday, which, you know, it, in my opinion, yes, he played really well. He's been playing very well, actually, this year. Uh, so I think that uh, he just learns from this. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a win here in the next uh, you know month or two, because, again, you know, another great young player on tour. And like you said, Jakey, he's got on all facets of the game to, to get it done. So we will uh, see what happens with Mr. Burns, but uh, my hat's off to him and I, and I, a guy that, you know, I've really never paid too much attention to, but uh, definitely on my radar for the year. Vinny, uh, any thoughts on Sam Burns? About, oh yeah, I'm here. I think there's a lot to say about uh, all the guys who, who, you know, finished a top five, you know, Riv on a Sunday. Um, I don't think there's anything easy about the course in general. And Sam Burns and Max Homa, Tony Finau, uh, choking another one away. I just, I think you have to say that everybody's trending in the right direction for the season, because um, Riv is is isn't a course that we see people uh, score highly at. Um, and, and every year, I think there's just something difficult about it. Um, so yeah, I I love everything that all three of them brought towards the end of Sunday and. I, you just have to say they're trending in the right direction, yes. Uh, let's get a quick reaction. Jake, you think Tony Finau choked again? No. No, I thought a lot about this today, and I think, man, you're getting me early on in the clubhouse with this one. I thought this was going to come towards the end. But listen, <laughs> the dude's round on Sunday, it's awesome that Homo won, right? Like, let's get that out of the way first. Great champion, hometown event, like was super pumped to see him win it. Um and played, I mean, a couple of the shots he hit were incredible. But Finau's round on Sunday was unbelievable. Like, it was 64. I mean, he was doing everything that you could possibly imagine. Like, the putter was kind of warm. He hit some unbelievable shots, like, on those last five holes. Like, big cut, big draw, like, crazy up and down. Like, I mean, he was really kind of feeling it. And... I, I actually really thought he, this was this was the one. I, I really believe it. And it stinks because he melts the drive on 18. And then, you know, it's it, the same, basically the same swing that got him in the playoff where he kind of just overcooks one uh, left. Uh, and, yeah, you know, has to settle for par there when it really looked like Homo was going to finish him off in um, regulation. Right. So, yeah, I don't think it's a choke in this one. I really don't. I think this is like, if there's any sort of like curse running around Finau, it's uh, it might be real. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think this was quite the the choke. I think you know he he shot 64 on Sunday, which <clears throat> typically would get it done. Uh, and 
to be honest, Homa really almost choked because he missed like a four footer on mm-hmm. 18 that, you know, I realized it was downhill and had a little bit of break and he tried to jam it in there and it kind of hit the left lick and left, left lick and left lip. Holy shit. And, <laughs> and rimmed out. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, I think Tony didn't really choke in my opinion. He shot seven under, which was by far the best round out there. It was two better than Homa and two better than John Rahm on the day. And also my pick for the weekend, Scotty Scheffler, who showed some life on Sunday. But, yeah, in my opinion, Tony, that was a great round from him. I think he learns from that. And in my opinion, he may actually now be able to get over the hurdle because on Sunday he really hasn't been able to get it done here in the last you know three to four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that maybe now he can say, okay, you know what? I, did, I was way behind, but I went out there. I shot 64 on Sunday. There's no reason I can't do that when I'm one back or I have a one-shot lead at any other event and just kind of pull away. So I'm hoping that Finau finally gets over the hurdle, gets a second win uh, on tour in a full field event here shortly. But before we talk about Homa here real quick, there was some controversy on Saturday. They had a win delay as Sam Burns stepped up to the first tee. The, the horn was blown. The course was set up a little firm. I'll agree. The rough wasn't up, which I think we all liked. <clears throat> Made the course a little bit more interesting than normal. Typically, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people there, so the rough grows up because there's people standing on it. But this week, a little bit more open, a little bit more favorable for the guys that are missing fairways, but the greens were really firm, rock hard. You could see it from Thursday on. And it really became quite a challenge with the setup they had for Saturday. Uh, with the you know 30, 40 mile an hour gusts that they had, where uh, I saw a few people were hitting putts on 10 from the front of the green, didn't even get close to the hole and blew you know 15, 20 feet off the uh, yards off the green. Benny, I'm gonna go to you first, and then we'll get Jake's thoughts on the weather. Do you think it's a little soft that the PGA Tour, or you know, depending on the event, the governing body? really just plays into the players. And if they're complaining about different elements, whether it's wind, rain, whatever it be, they take them off the course or should, you know, they like us, we play until there's lightning on the course. Should they be doing the same thing? What are your thoughts, Ben? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think that skill level of a golfer, um, everybody expects to compete kind of in the same, uh, on the same playing field. And I'm going to, play it out kind of how I feel about it. Uh, these guys start from 7 a.m. and some of the second groups, the last groups don't go off till one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And we, we know that in seven hours, uh, the course can play vastly different, right? So if it just so happens that uh, something's occurring, you know, early in right. the morning and everyone's going to get delayed, I think it's best for the, for the field. Um, like none of us like playing golf in forty mile an hour winds, right? And we we've seen it before where they've right. uh, they've halted play because golf ball wants to stay in sale on the petting green, and I think that's fine. Um, I know we would all like them try to to see everybody compete on who could shoot the closest to par, but um, that's not the name of their game. So, Jakey, you about. are uh, you are in house rules aficionado slash guy who keeps up with all this fashion slash fashion guy. What uh, what's your thoughts on the the weather fiasco on Saturday? Yeah, so I I mean, I think a lot of what Vince said is right to a degree. 
I I very quickly like as soon as they blew the horn, I tweeted like right. On, I was just like, this is some pussy shit. Like we cannot be just blowing the horn every single time. Um, you know, weather is unfav- unfavorable. We can't be doing preemptive ball in hand, which is something that Vince and I talked about a couple weeks ago when we did a pod together. And it seems like the tour has been doing a lot of this stuff. Now, as the day went on on Saturday, I kind of like changed my opinion on it a little bit because it probably wasn't playable for them, frankly. Like the fact that a downwind putt on those greens with how firm and how slick they had gotten was just you legitimately couldn't make it and in some cases couldn't keep it on the green depending on what green you were on, right? Like obviously the, the green on 10 is a total circus anyway. But even some of the other greens that were a little bit more mild, like I think somebody on 14 was above the hole and it you know, blew all the way down to the front. So they had to call it at that point. But I also think that this is one of those things where we always want the tour to set stuff up more challenging for the guys. And they tried to do it and they got caught with their pants down. And I just pray to God that that doesn't mean that they're going to be like, all right, we got to be cautious this week because we could run into some weather. Because, like, honestly, was the delay bad? Yeah, it was a total bummer. Like, I, I, I blocked off most of my day to watch golf. But the reason for the delay was essentially because they wanted Riv to be firm and fiery, and that's what we want. Like, that's what we're asking for. So, yes, on one hand, a bummer. But on the other hand, if you look at the reason why it happened, it happened for the reason that we kind of beg for every week, you know? That's just, that's just my like look on it. Okay, so I I agree with you. I mean, I think that there's a certain point where the guys, you know, it's just unplayable. And and you know, I think to the common golfer like all of us, we we don't love it, but we deal with it because it's really the only day we can do it. This is their job, so it's a little different. But should I guess let's let's phrase another question, Jake, just to get a, a you know like a, a rebuttal is should they have just taken them off? you know, water the shit out of the greens and then put them back out on the course like an hour later? Or was, you know, the whatever ended up being three, four hour delay, the right move? Yeah, that I agree with. I I do. I think you're right, Doug. I think, you know, well, here's the thing, though, because they did water the shit out of the greens and then put them out four hours later and those greens were still firm. So because it was so windswept, I, I think that like, they probably had to really err on the side of caution at that point, but I'm with you. I would have preferred that they pulled them off the golf course for 45 minutes or an hour and soaked them as best they could and didn't wait for the weather to calm and just said, okay, guys, you got to go back out. Um, but I think that they were, you know, really worried that if those greens got more windswept while the guys were out there, it's just going to be another, um, another, you know, postponement. So, but I'm with you. I, I was, I think I texted, the, the th- our thread as soon as I saw what was going on because I turned on feature group coverage on Saturday like had a cup of coffee and was watching some of it in the morning and I was like these guys are getting absolutely fucking hammed out here like they are getting blown all over the place and I was licking my chops I'm like this could be said to be one of the sickest Saturdays out there because it comes down to like not just who is the best but who can manage those kind of conditions and like that crazy gray area that wind like that produces, right. you know, they, they showed Jordan aiming his T ball on one, like in, in the clubhouse veranda. I mean, he was aiming 60 yards left of one fairway. Right. I mean, when do we ever see that shit? You never see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was definitely, 
I think they handled it how they thought was the best way that possible. Was it the way I would have done it? Probably not, because I like to see these guys struggle a little bit. Because, you know, typically on the weekend, they'll get three pretty much perfect days of weather unless they just are in a bad spot that weekend. But and, and I like to see them get challenged one one round out of the four. So I, I, I wish they had played in more demanding weather longer. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the guys that had to go out early. You know, I know that they're not really in contention, but we have seen in a few of the past weeks and years where guys, you know, go shoot seven, eight, nine under on the Saturday round and kind of get back into the mix on Sunday, which you really didn't give them the chance of doing that and kind of gave the maybe the guys at the top were, who had the four hour delay, especially Burns in the final group there on thir- on Saturday. Uh, they, they went back out. It wasn't as windy as it was earlier in the day. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where you just got to take it as is. If it's absolutely unplayable, you know, make the course playable, but then put the guys back out there. So that that's kind of my thoughts on it. But, uh, you know, I, we know the PGA Tour, in my opinion, is, is pretty soft on these guys. So um, can I ask a quick question since we're on course. this topic? Yeah. Like, Riv is clearly the best course that they play outside of a major, right? Right, like, like that's without a doubt at this point, right? I I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> Vince, what what do you think? Oh, I absolutely love it, man. I I wish they played three tournaments there a year and and made it in <laughs> in, in like <laughs> vastly different playing conditions all three times. I think it would just be a, a spectacle. Yeah. So, I have a couple of thoughts, but one of them, and I'll this one's a question first, like. It's t- like it's time to bring a major back to Riv. I think it, it's. I think I, I should have looked it up because I did. I actually did look it up the other day, but I can't remember the if if it's ninety four, ninety six. But it's been a long time since there's been a major there. What major do you think would fit there the best, and why do you think they haven't done this yet? Uh, Benny, yeah, I think I'd probably put the PGA out there. Um, and simply because the course just plays hard by design. It's like it doesn't do or ask anything like extremely demanding. And yet it, it is it just plays tough to to everyone. Um, that means they don't have to go out there and do a bunch of shit to it to make it difficult for for said event, which I think we saw this weekend. Right. Might be the best thing you've ever said on the podcast right there. Like book it lie, like put it in the fucking hall of fame. We're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? I agree. I think the PGA could really benefit from going to someplace like Riv. I think they've done a decent job with selections in the next couple of years, but go back to somewhere historic like this, where, you know, the guys love playing every year you get, you know, one of the best fields of the year because it's tiger's event. Everybody wants to win tiger's trophy. Um, so they're, they're used to going to Riv. I think you get the PGA there. You could make it a spectacle, bring it back to LA, which would have a, a really high viewership one because it's West coast golf, which we've all talked about is the best thing for us because you can watch it till like midnight. It's great. Uh, but also because I think that that city would, you know, welcome them with open arms and, and, uh, do, put on a great, great event. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. I think that the, the major that like doesn't lean on history enough is the PGA, and they've started to try to do that more. But they've also kind of started to borrow from U.S. Open venues, right? They right. go to Bat Page and stuff like that. But I think Vince's point is like the, the key point, right? I, I think that if you are someone who spent time watching golf this weekend that 
either you're a more casual golf viewer, like you don't have a podcast that like 10 people listen to like us or, (laughs) (laughs) or you, um, you know, you're new to watching it and you just happen to flip it on. I don't even know. Like this version of golf is infinitely more interesting. There are no water hazards out there. There is very little out of bounds. Guys can hit it two holes over. There's almost there's little to no true rough on that golf course, and yet, but with a I mean obviously there was a combination of some wind elements, so the scores probably would have been a little bit lower if you didn't have what was going on Saturday. But that's a golf course where those guys were asked to solve a very complex equation. I know I keep going back to this, especially with like Vince mentioned on Friday the short rough. Right. Like guys were trying to guess at lies. And if they got a lie wrong and they hit it, they, they caught a flyer, they were putting themselves in jail. You know, it, it's just a golf course where so much of it depends on how you play it, not necessarily like just constantly hitting these really like rope straight shots where you have to plan your way around it more. And and the ball on the ground does something, too. And like, to me, the more that I watched it this weekend, the more I was like, this is like such a benign golf course by their standards. Like this week, they're going to go to concession, which is absolutely one of the hardest golf courses on the planet. And this golf course in Riviera is hard too, but in a totally different way. And I I just, the more I watched it this weekend, the more I was like, you got to get this. There's got to be a major at this place. Like you have to get a major at RIV and you got to get this place tuned up to a degree that we haven't seen yet and just watch that because that will like separate who like the, the men from the boys that week. And I, I don't know I, that this weekend had me so pumped for golf. Uh, that's why I'm going to Virginia basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we sent you know, probably 50 texts between the three of us all week being like, how good is this place? It's so it, I agree. It's, it's, it's my favorite event uh, other than the majors every year. And I think Jake, you and I, we kind of half jokingly talked about it today, but like, I'd rather watch this over the PGA in my opinion, most, most years. Um, so yeah, I mean, Riv was awesome. The weather, you know, a little bit of an issue on Saturday, I guess, but ended up Max Homa had some balls, a guy who had a little bit of controversy this year. Some people don't like him because he grills people on Twitter. Some people love him because he does it. He's a great personality. In my opinion, I love him. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great player. Uh, definitely a guy to worry about, you know, the next couple of years, but yeah, he got it done on, on Sunday. He played really steady. He shot 66. He shot 66 kind of bookends actually Thursday and Sunday and two seventies in the middle. Um, he didn't make a bogey on Sunday, which is huge out at Riv because there is definitely, you're definitely not going to hit all 18 greens out there in reg. You're going to have to get up and down a few times. He did that. He did a great job. He made the birdies where he needed to. He made a birdie on 10, which was no easy feat all week. And then he made, uh, you know, a birdie on 17 on the other part five. Uh, should have won in regulation. I think everybody will agree with that. Yep. Uh, he even said that he was super nervous because he knew Tiger was watching and he couldn't believe he missed a four-footer in front of Tiger. Um, but the thing I want to talk about with Max Homa is the first playoff hole. First of all, they played number 10, which I thought was unbelievable that we got to see number 10 as a playoff hole because it's one of the best drivable par fours on tour. We got to see Tony who led off with a almost a perfect tee shot. He didn't drive the green, but he left himself in the ideal spot, pin high, 
And I think at that point, everybody was like, all right, he's making birdie. Mm-hmm. Then Homa, it's his ball basically dead. It's stymied up against the tree. He's got almost zero angle. He cannot go at the pin. He's got to either chip up left-handed or hit it to what everybody thought would be the front-ish side of the green. And he hit one of the best shots under the circumstances that I've ever seen in my life to the green that actually gave him a very decent look for birdie from about 12 feet. Guys, what were your thoughts, I guess, after they hit the two tee shots? Did you think it was over? Tony wins there. Vinny, what did you think? No, I, I didn't. I mean, like, I asked if uh, if you guys thought Tony choked. And honestly, you gained so much momentum over that Sunday round. It's tough to think that he doesn't have, like, a mental edge right there. Um, but I, I think we've seen Tony kind of choke away events in the same fashion. Uh, an errant tee ball followed by an errant iron shot. And then, you know, an L. But Max's hooded chip that he pulled off against the tree... Uh, I mean that that's just that takes a lot of a lot of guts to to want to hit that shot and to trust that it's going to happen. If not, you're going to blade that thing out the front of the green. So I just I mean it was incredible. Jakey, what would you think? Yeah, I mean I thought Tony was going to win it on on ten. Um, I probably should have known better because Max kind of owned ten all week. The shot he hit on ten uh, on Saturday out of the front bunker is the, it was the best shot of the tournament period. Like not not under pressure, but in terms of overall skill, like that was ballistic. Like I couldn't even believe he pulled it off. Um, But Vince, you're right. Like the hooded chip. I mean, listen, that could have gone anyway. Like that could have ran, that could have ran down into the bunker. And I think that's the other thing that we as like, you know, mortals don't understand about momentum. Like Tony goes into that with some momentum because he didn't miss a four footer on, on 18 right. and he, he puts it in a good spot, but like Max gets the first chance to flip that. And when he hits, when he actually pulls that chip off, like you gotta, you gotta assume that Finau start, started to feel, you know, some sort of way, right. um, kind of knowing that he's probably going to birdie there and, and then get him escaping changes the whole scope of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I agree. It was incredible. I mean, it, in my opinion, Tony should have still gotten up and down from where he was and won the tournament. He didn't. We went to his second hole, which was a par three in the playoff, which again, typically, you know, they play 18 over and over again, or they play right. one over and over again. No, not a riv. They fuck you up with these playoff holes. They take you to 10 <laughs> and then they take you to 14, 14, which is one of the hardest par threes with where that pin location was. Yeah. now again has the honors, hits it in the bunker and then Homa just with his stones, Throws one in there to about eight to 10 feet, a very tough putt, but was able to get below the hole with almost no room left of the pin. And he landed it there. And then Tony uh, was not able to get up and down. Homa walks away a winner, a huge Tiger Woods fan from that area. Said he went to that tournament almost every year as a kid with his dad. Um, asked Tiger multiple times for, you know, he tried to get high fives. He tried to get autographs. But he was always too nervous but was able to get Tiger Woods to hand him the winner's trophy this Sunday at Genesis Invitational, which, of course, is Tiger's tournament, which was awesome for Homa. We saw a lot of emotion from him after the event. You saw how much it meant to him. I I thought it was awesome because I love Max, I, you know, and uh, I'm really excited for uh, for what 
could come from him. And hopefully, you know, this propels him into uh, some good form here as we get into the, the Florida swing. Anything we want to, you guys want to add about Homa before we talk about a few other guys' uh, performances this past weekend? Um, yeah, I, I just want to like throw you, you brought up the emotion that we saw from Homa. I think in some ways, this is like one of the like toughest playoffs for me to pick someone to root for because they're both such like good dudes. Like the, the interview right. that Finau did after the playoff, like I don't think a lot of players would have done that, right? You, you know that your name's been in the news for like coming up, uh, coming up short often and like having literally an incredible season without winning. And he does this really, you know, tough and magnanimous uh, interview. Um, and then, you know, obviously Max getting um, emotional with uh, Amanda's interview. I, it's honestly one of the best weeks of golf that I can remember. But yeah, I think we learned something about Max Homa too this week that we maybe didn't know before, which is like the dude is a absolute flusher when it comes down to the moment. I don't think we've seen enough of him in that moment to know that. But I mean, the shot on 18 was ridiculous too. The guy just, you're right. You said yeah, stones, right. definite stones. Yeah, hit that drive about 344, had like a wedge in, and it's a you know four feet or whatever, missed the putt. Yep. But yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, a couple of the guys I wanted to mention. So John Rahm shot 66 on Sunday, backdoor to top five. Uh, that is his ninth top ten in seven months. So he continues to wow. uh, be red hot, even though he's got a kid on the way the week of the Masters. Don't know, you know, at planning. We've already talked about that, but. Led the field in GIR and sits third on tour right now in strokes gained. Uh, Tia Green. So he has continued some good form. The other guys I wanted to talk about, Dustin Johnson, who I think we talked about in our group chat, really, in my opinion, should have won the tournament. He set up for it. He was right there, a couple back going into Sunday. Sam Burns came back to the field a little bit. And then, you know, he did make a few birdies and ended up shooting two under on Sunday, which was a solid, solid round. But, DJ's been on fire. You know, he's won, what, three times, or con- including the Masters of the last three months. Uh, and so I I guess a little bit of a disappointing finish for DJ, considering he was, what, T3 going into Sunday. Um, you guys agree with that? Disagree with that? What do you think? I mean, he finished in the top 10 in a great field, but mm-hmm. thoughts on, on DJ there, Jakey? Yeah, I mean, I took him this week, and I think you got, like, two rounds of really good, like solid DJ and two rounds of very shaky DJ and he's still top 10 bit. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you would have liked to see him do something more, but he clearly just didn't have it Sunday. He was like fighting that pull all day. And I guess that happens sometimes, but if that's like your lowest sort of common denominator is him playing that way, it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous year. I do want to say one other thing about DJ though. He's got to get rid of that fucking hat. Those Sim 2 hats. That's are what I dis- thought. I told you those, guys that. Those things are disgusting. Don't, Vince, when you get this driver, Vinny's a buyer. don't buy one of these fucking hats. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not buying the hat. I'm not buying a hat. I don't mind it, though. I don't think it's the worst looking hat. I think the, it's the, worst the patch hat. panel Nike hats that Brooks wears are pretty ugly. But Nike up and down the middle. Eh. That was like a one, one tournament thing. Yeah. I, I don't know where they got this design inspiration of like... Hawaii, just kind of like a logo, yeah, 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 exactly. So, but hey, yeah, I think it could be worse. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. You never see the Callaway guys wearing some like <laughs> weird Callaway hat anymore. Just keep it simple. It's because there's like three of them out there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, well, while we're on DJ real quick, do you think TJ finishes the top 10 this week at the WGC? I know we haven't talked about it, but I just want to throw it out there before I forget. I think we have to say yes. Hell yeah. I agree. For, for a course that um, hasn't been seen and is, I think, like notoriously deemed extremely tough, like a quadruple black diamond golf course uh, for, for the average golfer, I think you have to say that there's only a handful handful of guys who could really win this week a very small handful agreed Agreed. i agree like a major basically there's only a couple guys that uh, i mean even though they get to play all four rounds but um okay anyways a couple other guys i want to talk about real quick will zalatoris continued good form did not play well last week at pebble but finished t15 this week can we please get this guy full status on the pga tour it's unbelievable he doesn't fucking give it to him already he actually has to burn a new another sponsor exemption because he didn't finish in the top ten this week at the Genesis, which is just absolutely asinine. I think they said he'd be like twenty third on the FedEx Cup rankings at this point. It just just give the guy. I mean, I don't care about COVID. Please get this guy. It's unbelievable. If I hear that he has to go back to the web or the corn ferry, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna write a letter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send a complaint. <laughs> uh, the last two guys I want to talk about: Jordan Spieth. He finished top fifteen. He had a, a kind of similar to DJ Stellar Thursday, Friday, shot 66-66, was in the mix, shot 73 on Saturday, did not play well under the uh, the harsh weather conditions they had Saturday and then into Sunday morning as well. He really struggled on the back nine. I think he made four bogeys on the back nine on Saturday to kind of move himself out of it, and then he shot even on Sunday. Uh, but, again, this is three or four weeks in a row that he's played very well. I know he wasn't in the final group this week. Would have been three weeks in a row. But uh, he's, he's, he's knocking on the door. He's pretty close. And, and I think I put this in the group chat. I, I, I will finally admit he is kind of back. Um, I think he's still – I still need to see him get a win to say he's fully back, obviously. But uh, we'll see what uh, Jordan does this week as we move toward the WGC. The other guy is Victor Hovland, who Jordan's moved up not nines. in the field this week. He's not playing yeah. this week? I don't believe I don't think so. He made the um, the qualification cutoff oh, because he, a, yeah his yeah. his they, yeah you know what I'm saying yeah 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 it's because he sucks. Um, anyways, we're going back to Victor Hovland. So Victor Hovland moved up nine spots on Sunday to finish top five. I don't think we saw one shot from Victor Hovland on the uh, the cameras. <laughs> I know that there was you know six guys that were really only in the mix: Sam Burns, Finau, who Finau really wasn't in the mix either until he shot seven under, but couple of guys, Cameron Smith, Fitzpatrick, uh, Wyndham Clark, and DJ, and those were really the only guys that they showed with Homa as well. I, I, and I know that, you know, things are a little bit different right now. You're trying to follow, especially because Sam Burns had a, you know, a couple-shot lead on the back nine. But Victor Hovland with a solid finish now. That moves him up to uh, fifth in the FedEx Cup because, obviously, he's played very well since his win. Top five going into a good stretch in Florida – Boys, are we riding high on Victor Hovland? Is he the guy right now over Wolf and uh, Mol- and uh, Molinari? Morikawa, what are we thinking? Vince, you want to go? It's tough to tough to argue that Hovland's not playing extremely well. And honestly, I do think he's one of those ten to twelve guys who could uh, who could challenge at, at concession this weekend. So, yeah, I I don't think we've seen a lot from Morikawa. Truly. Um, he did sneak two top tens in at the beginning of January, but at the same time, Hawaii swing just doesn't hold that same value. So I, I do think Hovland is 
definitely showing the best out of the three rookies from last year. I think Jakey? it's yeah, I think it's simple, right? Like all they're all going to go through growing pains, and we saw like Morikawa and Wolf be the first to really sort of like break out. And obviously Morikawa is going through with the putter, right? He was trying claw grip this week. That's never good. Never good when you're switching putters and right. trying new grips. Um, grips. Yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a great situation there. Unless you're Tom. Then you'll figure it out at some point. Yeah, you're the greatest exactly. putter ever. But. Well, you know, one of the Tom's one of the greats. That's kind of one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and then, you know, Wolf, obviously, we've talked about his sort of style is like a, a burn and flame out situation. So he's either going to be red hot or he's going to be struggling. And I think we've seen that. He's also kind of nicked up, you know, there's some injury stuff. So like right now he's not playing great. So I think, yeah, I mean, there was all this talk when they were coming out that Hovland was probably going to be overall the most consistent of the group. And it was kind of Morikawa first off, but now you're starting to see some of that from Hovland as he's gotten, uh, I mean, uh, like, especially around the greens, this is not a course where you would think that Hovland actually would have played that great. But, you know, the fact that he was flagging it and didn't have to, really stress his short game too much. And I think you saw, um, well, we did, definitely didn't see, but in terms of being able to track his round, you know, it obviously played really well. So, right, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like this is his trusting moment to a degree. Yep. I agree. He played well. All three of them made the cut. Wolf finished uh, almost at the bottom. Morikawa, I think, shot about one over. I'm looking right now. Yeah, he finished two over uh, on Sunday to finish one uh, one over for the, the entire weekend, T43. But, uh, yeah, Victor Hovland, T5, so he played really well. Um, you know, a good again, a good field. A lot of good, great players were there at the end. Uh, Xander had a chance going into the weekend. Spieth had a chance. Cantley had a chance. EJ. So, you know, the top guys were all there, and, and Max Homa came out on top. Was really excited to see him win. I think we all, like Finau, would have loved to see him get a win as well. But, uh, you know, hopefully he does soon. And uh, congrats to Max Homa on winning the 2021 Genesis Invitational. Um, any other thoughts about the players in the field before we talk about Tiger Woods, the host here? Jake Vince. I'm uh, good. I don't have it. Oh, shout out Tyler McCumber for being like a really tough dude and yeah, playing pretty well with ass. like half a finger. <laughs> Not Sunday, yeah, but he, like the other day. Where did he days. end up finishing Sunday? Yeah, he's like, no, like minus he, two. Yeah, I think he actually moved. Like he fell all the way back to like third fifty-two. From wow, yeah, yeah, something yeah. really bad. But like honestly, kind of the guy was playing with his glove cut off right. and his finger bandaged to the point where like it was, it was he couldn't even take a regular grip. You know, so shout out to him. What a guy! What a trooper! Um, all right. Let's move on to the host of this week's or this past week's event, Tiger Woods, who Jim Nance brought on the broadcast on Sunday <laughs> to talk about the event, uh, you know, how he was raised a bunch of money for his charity, for putting kids through college, which he's done a great job. Not taking anything away from that. He's, he's my favorite golfer ever. He will always be my favorite golfer ever. But two things I want to talk about first. The dude had definitely smoked a fresh bowl in the parking lot before he jumped on the telecast, or he had done a few edibles because his eyes were extremely bloodshot. His pupils were dialed. <laughs> Was that a good look for Tiger out there? I mean, I know he's been roasted all over memes and all over the website. Like, I, you, somebody has to at least have seen him before he went out there. It's not like he just Zoom called in from his phone. 
What do we think about the interview between Nance and, and Tiger on Sunday, Jakey? Yeah, not good. Um, but also, like, I, I, in some ways, I think it's, like, part. Like, he just had back surgery. He probably is on some stuff to manage some pain. And he clearly looked like he was maybe a little a little puffy, like a little bit out of shape maybe. Couldn't work out the same way. And <laughs> it doesn't help that he probably wasn't comfortable. I mean, I'm struggling with my back lately. Been going to, you know, PT and stuff. And I don't have what Tiger has. But, like, sometimes it feels better to sit in a weird position. So he's, like, leaning forward, like, looming into the camera. Just wasn't a great, great look for the guy, unfortunately. But, you know, yeah. fingers crossed. It just looked like he got done his afternoon morphine lollipop. Like, it's all good. <laughs> I don't think we should be ragging on him. I'm sure no, he had a driver. No, he's the man. I just, I'm sure he had know. a driver, you know. But I, obviously, like, maybe you shouldn't put him on TV. That's all. Well, I'll be honest. I heard some rumors or read some stuff on Twitter saying that, like, they didn't think he was going to go on. And, like, this is not confirmed. So don't take this as, you know, right. word is bond. But, like apparently Nance didn't really know that he was going to actually appear on TV. Like there was some conjecture if it was going to happen or not. So I think that that was probably a factor, you know, like Tiger was trying to decide his camp was trying to decide CBS was trying to decide. And then, (laughs) then we get what we got. Hey, I love seeing the goat in in any form all the time. I think the worst thing though is I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's going to be back for the masters. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up next is, you know, they asked him about it. You know, I don't know how conscious he was when he was answering questions. But, uh, yeah, it, it did not seem – it seems like he's definitely not playing in a tune-up event before. I think people were hoping he would play in the WGC match play event in Austin, which is two weeks before the Masters. But it seems like that's not happening at all, and he's still got to go back for another MRI and talk to the doctors. So, yeah, I think the Masters is definitely in jeopardy. Uh, for this year, which is a huge bummer, obviously, because uh, you know you always want to see him play, and it's it's I think in our opinion, all of our opinions, the only major he could still win. Um, so yeah, huge bummer there, but uh, you know, hopefully he gets better and and is ready to go for for Augusta. But again, you know, I think we've talked about this in years past. Really, unless he plays a couple events the few weeks before, he really hasn't been able to just jump right in in his first event and contend so mm-hmm. will it even be that great of a product that he puts out at augusta i don't know we'll know we'll we'll, we'll never know but let's uh let's stop talking about the goat i got one more thing about riv the 10th hole at riviera is it the greatest drivable par four in golf that we watch on a what i would say semi-yearly basis and i'm going to throw out a couple these are my three favorites that we watch we got the 10th at riv we got the third hole at Augusta National, and we got the seventh, seventeenth hole at Scottsdale. Anything we want to add to that? Do we we think Riv shouldn't be on that list? What do we think? Is it the top of the list? Mm. That's so tough. What's the hole at um, Memorial where they moved the tees up this year? What hole? At Memorial, where they oh, moved the tees up. It's yeah, more the very more elevated the green. green. It's yeah. like, um, oh, Doug, it's, uh, it's on the it's back. Like, it's like, oh, 11 yeah, 12. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 10, 11, 12, 13. So, all right, I'll answer good hole. Question. Yeah, that is good Questions hole. in two pieces here. Is the, I don't know if the third at Augusta is truly drivable. I think it could be. The tenth at Riv's got to be the best, but that hole, that hole does need some work. It's kind of gotten to the point where it's, 
it's very uh, circusy, and everybody goes for it. Like that's that's kind of like I think seventeen at um, TPC Scottsdale that's plays the plays the best. Like right. that offers that green so big, you can do so many different things with it. Guys can play it different ways. There's a lot like huge variance in terms of score. Um, whereas that's- ten is like holy shit, cross your fingers and buckle up. Right, yeah, because I think 10 at Riv, like, you really have zero chance of driving the green unless you get lucky, actually yes. hitting the green. Agreed. Because it either rolls into the back bunker, it goes in the front bunker, or you miss it left or right. It's almost impossible to actually get it to stay on the green. Uh, where, yeah, I agree, 17 at uh, Scottsdale, yes, the water is in play left and behind the green, and there's a bunker front, but it it, it adds to the drama because it's definitely worth the reward of going for the green. I agreed. I, I wonder one thing about the 10th at Riv. Like, there's a lot of people have talked about how people who know a lot more about golf course design than me, how like over time the sand from the bunkers is you know built up on the edge of the greens, which happens from hitting bunker shots. And then those trees, like where Max was, those trees at some point were very tiny. Now they've obviously gotten bigger and they were involved in DJ's shot. And we saw Max in the playoff. And so everybody's like, yeah, you got to kind of redo this hole. I also wonder why if you're gonna go for it anyway right these they all go for it no one lays up i think a couple people laid up all week you would think that there would be some i'm trying to figure out the right way of saying this some version of a shot that you work on going into that week like these guys can hit we watch them on the range on the during the wind delay hitting boomerang balls trying to make them come back to the range like ricky fowler and jordan and ron were doing it I would like be working on like how could I tee a three wood up higher than normal hit like a sky ball three wood trying to land it you know what I mean like you would think you would start to try to specify a shot right. for that hole because the variance oh. is so big never thought about that yeah, yeah. You're right. no you're 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 definitely right okay well uh, we spent about forty five minutes on rib which is what I was expecting we could talk about it for another hour because it's a fantastic golf course and I I cannot sure. wait already for it next year but. We have moved on to that actually caps up the West Coast swing and we're moving on to the East Coast swing. We are down in Florida and we have our first WGC of the year again because of logistical reasons and COVID. We are not in Mexico this week. We are at concessions, which is down in Bradenton, uh, which is actually a hot spot for soccer. So Vince and I have spent that's where the national team camp is. We spent some time there. It's in southwest Florida, the Tampa area. And it is host this week to the WGC event. It's a Jack Nicholas design course, which Jakey doesn't love the Jack courses, but it is home to a lot of tour players, uh, especially on the women's side. I know there's quite a few that, that live and play there. And it is a very, very challenging course. Um, they had the, some people may remember, they had the 2015 NCAA championship there. And that is where Bryson DeChambeau won the individual title over C.T. Pan. Whoa, there's, a, the there's a stat for you. He won by one shot over C.T. Uh, so, yes, that's where Bryson kind of started his claim to fame. Everybody started to know about him. So they are back this week. And I think we talked about this uh, last week at Pebble, where they have a par five that's actually a par five. Concession apparently has... Uh, a few par fives that are real par fives and maybe having guys lay up and not get there. The fifth hole is, or the, the, sorry, the seventh hole is 606 yards long and apparently is straight uphill. 
So I'm interested to see if guys are getting there in two. Um, that's, you know, a driver three wood, three wood for Tom and Vinny, but uh, <laughs> for the rest of us, you know, maybe a driver three wood wedge, but uh, yes, it's going to be an interesting course. I don't know too much about it other than, you know, a few of the, the social people I follow on Instagram that play there. It looks lush all the time. It's uh, you know, very private course. And, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, watching, you know, a WGC there because you get to, these are the weeks you get to see all of the best players play four rounds. Even if they play bad, you still get to watch them play. Um, so I'm excited for that guys. Any thoughts on concessions or things that you want to add that, you know, cause I don't know too much about it cause it's not a place we see every year. Um, uh, Jakey. Um, I'll just tell you what I know. I don't, I've never been there and, and, you know, I've, but I've watched some videos and some people talking about it. Crazy uh, green complexes, which is something that Jack tends to love to do. Mm -hmm. But you will see more undulation in these greens and the surrounds than you've seen from a lot of the courses that, uh, like Nicholas courses that they play. I know there's a couple of greens. I can't, I think it's the sixth green or something on the front. But like, I mean, you're like, you know, 10 feet below the green surface if you miss. So it's, it's very, very long. It's very tough and it's going to play very soft. It's rained a lot in Florida, um, in the past week. So it should be, should be interesting. Yeah. I'm pumped. Have any, any, anything you know about concession or have you done any, done any research? No, not, not really. Um, just of, of the research I've, I've come across, I've just gathered that it's usually in, uh, impeccable condition and, just plays tough no, no matter the condition and uh you know I, I just i hope it does actually play tough for these guys i, I do i don't like seeing 20 it under will. for winners i, I want to see events at like six to ten um especially for a wgc yeah exactly so uh, i was yeah. i didn't know about the rain obviously I'm, i live in texas i'm not looking at the weather in florida all the time but uh <laughs> <laughs> if if it's softer obviously we, we do see these guys score more often so uh I hope it firms out before the weekend. You know, part of me is going to really miss uh, Chipotepec this week, though, because I yeah. actually think that's a wild-ass tournament. So it is. It is. It's cool to see them go somewhere else, but it's a little bit of a bummer, too. Where they're hitting driver like 8,000 yards because they're <laughs> yeah. off. They're yeah. driving the green on one, two, and three. <laughs> like, it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it is a that is a good course. We've seen some drama there too, like with uh, was it Rory who hold out or or J, uh, no, JT J, that hold out? Yeah, JT and Phil yeah. in that year yeah. going yeah. at it. Yeah, that was a good one. But uh, yeah, we're back at concessions. Um, so we're we're looking forward. I did hear that they have one of the best uh, short courses in the world too. So if you really? ever get a chance to play there, yeah, check that mm-hmm. out. So we got pretty much everybody who's everybody in the field this week for you. Those of you that don't know about WGCs, how they're set up, it's a 72 hole event, no cut. So there is uh, 64 guys in the field. They get to play all of the, uh, they get to play all four days and uh, they'll play in twosomes too. I think they do at WGC normally, hopefully they do this week too. I know a little different obviously, but um, hopefully they do again. Bryson DeChambeau has only played here once, but he's undefeated, has not lost. So Interested to see how he does. Instead of doing power rankings this week, uh, and before we get into picks, I wanted to do a little head-to-head, see how you guys think people will do compared against each other. We're going to start right at the top of the field. DJ and Xander Schauffele, head-to-head. Who finishes higher than who this week? Vinny, let's go with you. Uh, DJ. I, th- okay, I, I think... think, I think no, well, I, I picked Xander last week, and uh, obviously I watched a lot of his rounds this weekend. 
Um, I think he's searching for something. I don't know exactly what it is. Trying to gather uh, how to keep himself in play more often. Uh, some newfound distance we've noted uh, two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, it just it didn't look like the same old confident Xander out there uh, hitting shots this weekend. I don't think people just flip a switch. There's something going on. I think DJ just has more of a shot on the course that you know has never been played. Jakey, same thoughts, different thoughts? That's actually tough because I have different feelings from Vince on Xander. I think Xander is in a different zone. Um, I'm going to go DJ, though, just because I think the course plays more into what he does well. Okay. All right. I'm going to go DJ as well. I think he's just in great form, even though Xander's been playing well, too. I think DJ is just – He's ready to go on like a four or five winning streak here. He's mm-hmm. he's primed mm-hmm. and ready for it. Uh, all right, next matchup, we're going with Mr. John Rahm and Mr. Victor Hovland, mm. who will finish higher than the other this week at the concessions. Jakey, we're going to start with you. Tough not to pick Rahm because he's so fucking good all the time. Um, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with my heart. We're going to go. Well, I'll go Hovland. Hovland, big week for Hovland this week, I think. Okay, big week for Hovland. Vinny, what do you think? Same thing, or are you going Mr. Rom? I am taking Mr. Rom, yeah, in this one. Um, I think with recent greens and reg stats that you mentioned already on this, um, it just puts him into a good position, you know, for for a new course. And that's how I'm looking at all my picks this week. So uh, I think John Rom on this one. So, although John Rahm has nine top tens in seven months, Victor Hovland, since winning at Mayakoba, has a T3, a T2, a T6, and a T5. He is red hot right now, along with John Rahm. He also led the Genesis and stroke gained off the tee last week. So, I'm going to go with Victor Hovland over John Rahm this week, although I think you can see both of them in the top ten with a chance to win it on Sunday. Uh, The third matchup this week is Rory McIlroy against Big Beef himself, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I'll lead off. I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy uh, because I believe that Rory has a chance to win this week in Florida. Jakey, same thoughts, different? I'm in the exact same uh, boat. I think Rory has a chance to win. I know that Rory didn't play well this weekend, but then uh, or this week, but then a story was released that he was trying like a completely new setup, which I think is weird to do the week of Riv. So completely different equipment setup this week. Um, and I think that Bryson seemed to have absolutely nothing last week. So I'm going with Rory. Benny, you going big beef or, or Rory? No, I, I'm, I'm on team Rory for this one too. Um, yeah, I, Agree with Jake. Bryson kind of seemed like he hasn't done anything in the last three months except for practice the long ball. And even then, it just, he got himself in so much danger early on at Riv. Um, I, I just don't know how you build any confidence from that. So I'm, I'm well, on Team Rory. Yeah, and Riv's a bad place for Bryson, so it's hard to tell if that was him playing bad or him just not being able to get over the fact that he had to, like, estimate how much bounce and roll he was going to get and like what was going to be, you know, too much where he had to take spin. Like the whole thing was just not his cup of tea. So we'll see. Yep. We will see. I think that, I think Vinny may be right. Good point. I think Bryson may be at the point where he's gone past 
tinkering too much and is just mm -hmm. working on way too many things and, and is not focused on the right things on his golf game. You know, obviously he could win this week, but uh, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> All right. The next one's a little bit of an interesting matchup. We're going to go with Brooks Kapka, who came out of nowhere and won at Waste Management, Phoenix Open, against the guy who won the week before him, Patrick Reed. Who do we think finishes higher than the other this week at the concessions? Is it Mr. Choker himself, Patrick Reed? Or is it Brooks Kapka who walks around in his pool in a man thong? Any? Who do you think? <laughs> I mean, Reed Reed hasn't been in the field for two or three weeks now, right? So, um, uh, I think he went to Saudi after he won. Yes. Okay. That so makes yeah, he hasn't sense. been in the U.S. Uh, God, this is this is but a really tough one. He won by five strokes at Tory. <laughs> you know, I do. I think Brooks. Um, I, I've. Man, Brooks. I'm just gonna say Brooks for no other reason other than Patrick Reed's a turd. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, going with Brooks because he's not a turd. Jakey, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna go Brooks as well. Um, just because, again, like if if they're playing this long, soft golf course, I feel like it just plays more into who, who Brooks is and how he's been playing. I will say one thing though. This is a, actually a good question because if you need creativity around the greens, then like Reed is kind of your guy. But I'm going to go Brooks. Okay, I'm going to take Patrick Reed this week. I picked him to win at Torrey Pines, and I think that I don't think that either one of them will be will be in contention. But I think that uh, Patrick finishes higher than Brooks this week. Mm -hmm. The last matchup, you got something to say, Jakey? No, no, good. The last matchup I had is Mr. Morikawa against the now reigning defending Riv champ, Max Homa, this week Ooh. at the concessions. <laughs> Vinny, let's go with... Actually, you know what? Jakey, we'll start with you. Homa or Morikawa? Um, I think Max might still be shaking off the, the hangover. Um, I'll, I'll go Morikawa. Vinny? For argument's sake, let's let's say Homa. Um. At, how can you not? He's just he just won at a great and difficult course and a sick event. So, yeah, I mean, if he didn't party his balls off, I bet he comes out perky and ready to go. <laughs> he definitely partied his balls off, but for sure, no balls left. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Homa too. I think that uh, Collins just kind of working on some things right now, trying to find it. Um, but, and we're in a tough stretch of golf. So when you, when you don't have it, it's it kind of maybe looks a little bit worse and you're trying to find it quicker. Um, let's jump into some picks. Jakey, you had DJ last week. I had Scotty Scheffler, Vinny. I don't remember who you had. I think you missed the cut. Xander. I had Xander. Oh, you had Xander who did make the cut. Uh, so Jake, you are the winner. Let's go ahead with your pick for this week at the concession, the first WGC of the year. Boys. I have to tell you, this this is the week. It's going to happen for the guy. This is the week that Tony Finau gets his second win. Wow. I believe it. <laughs> I believe that there is something celestial happening. He has played probably the best golf on the planet without winning. And to lose the way that he happened to lose this week, I think it's just his time. And that course, I think, sets up really good for him. So I'm going Finau. 
Okay, Tony Finau off the board. Vinny, your guy finished one spot ahead of Scheffler. Xander shot a two-under on Sunday to finish T-15. What do you think, or who do you think, will be the winner this week at concessions? So, my theme this this episode so far has been um, about guys who I think can go out to a course that hasn't been seen and really documented for the pros and can win on a on a new course, right? So, I think that John Rahm is going to get it done this week. Going with world number two, Johnny Rahmi. I don't, I don't hate it. I think he can win anywhere. And he has been very consistent, like we said, nine top tens in the last seven months. So, you're riding with John Rahm. I am making a game time decision here. I am going to run with uh, the guy who I think is probably the hottest golfer on the planet, maybe other than Dustin Johnson right now. I'm going to go with Daniel Berger to win this week at the Whoa. WGC in concession, at concession. Jeez. Why do you say, whoa? I feel like that's a lot of wins in like a very short span for Berger, right? To go like pebble a week off and then, and don't forget, he was in the field at Riv. And he like you he know, parted his balls off like yeah, Homer should have. He was out on the what, what's his Instagram handle? DB Straight Vibin. Yeah. He was just like out on the boat, just like vibing it out for a week, and and decided to withdraw. So like, I don't know, man. <laughs> but hey, I'm, I he could do it. He could definitely do it. I'm going. I'm going Burger. I do want to point out one thing to Homa. Homa was the last guy into the field. He or Burns, whoever finished higher last week, would would get the last exemption spot. Into sick. the WGC. So because of Homa, he's in the field now. Um, all right. Well, those are our three horses for this week. We'll see how they do. Um, I don't really have anything else about concession. I did want to point out that this gets into a very, very fun start of the golf calendar where we have this week, <clears throat> which is the start of Florida Swing, and then next week is the Arnold Palmer. Always a great event. The following week is the Players' Championship, the fifth major. And then we go into the Honda, and then right into the WGC match play, which is only two weeks before the Masters. So we are getting close or on a very, very, what I would consider a heater in the golf schedule. So excited to see what happens this week at WGC concession. Hopefully the course shows us something and um, is a great field. It's one of the higher purse events because it's a WGC. So we will see what happens there. Anything else, guys, about golf before we move into the lounge? Uh, nope. I'm good. Let's move it. Okay. Moving into the lounge as we are running up on about an hour here into the pod. Very good episode, I might add. Um, Vinny has made a little bit of – well, he's a tinkerer. Like I said, I, I, think say- I said this last week, two weeks ago. <laughs> we should have a segment about the tinkering brothers – it's not the Bash Bros anymore, the Scalici Bros. It's the tinkling, tink, the tinkling Bros, the tinkering Bros. <laughs> Vinny made a change in the bag. What, what, happened? Mr. Scalici? Please tell us what what you've done and why you made the change and how it's gone so far. One round in with uh with new irons in the bag. Yeah, so we've retired the old JPX 900s, the Mizzies. Sad to see you go. It's been a good four years. Um, so they're so old. Oh my God. No, oh, they're. Yeah, well, four years. That's super. Played old. a lot. Played a lot of golf down here in Texas. <laughs> Only one iron doesn't look very pretty anymore. Um, so we moved over to some Strixons. 
ZX5s. Um, went into a slightly lighter shaft. Uh, played the first round with them. Uh, man, I'm really digging them. So uh, just confident out the gate, and uh, and that's it. We'll post some pictures. They they look sick. If, if there's anybody curious, if uh, you know between the ZX5s and ZX7s, I can tell you they're not they're not bulky in a way that's like unappealing for for like a players slash players game improvement iron. Um, I, I do really think they're great. So we'll, we'll post some pictures. Let us know what you think. They look good. I, I'm going to be honest. First impression, I saw them. They look very good. Sharp looking iron. Uh, Benny hit them, you know, you know, fairly well on Sunday. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it, had been, it was the first round we've been out in a while too. So I, I can't wait to see what he's playing when he's more consistent, but uh, yeah, good looking iron for sure. Um, you know, sad to see you leave the Mizuno <clears throat> contract. Same. I guess, you know, Srixon bought you out better, better deal there. So um, um, I got to go ask Jakey. you, Vince, why, why, like, I guess I didn't realize in all the conversations that we had via text, why fives over sevens? I thought for sure you'd go sevens. Yeah. So I put them right, right next to each other. Um, I hit and I hit both, and the profiles are pretty much exactly the same. Um, the the sevens just had a firm feeling that you know I didn't like as much as the fives, and truly, mm-hmm. like the footprint is is so similar that you you can't tell the difference between them from the top line. So, um, you know, I went with the fives just because I felt like they'd probably be a little bit more forgiving for me, and uh, and mm-hmm. that was it. Makes sense. Yeah, excited. And uh, Vinny is not done making changes. He's going to make another one. Go figure. Yeah, you know he's the tinkerer of all tinkerers. But uh, that's okay. I I think I've I think I actually of all the golfers I play with, and I play with Vince a lot. When we add like one guy to our foursome every week, you know, it's a guy we've probably played with like maybe two or three times in our lives. Every single one of them always says to me, "Damn, I don't remember Vince being this good." So Vince. <laughs> Vince is definitely the most improved golfer I know over the last 10 years. I would agree um, with that. So uh, always excited for him to add some changes. I mean, I think the sim driver you have in the bag right now has been the biggest consistently changer I've seen. Um, and uh, and you've definitely become a much better putter. I think still chipping is – we need oh. some work on there. But – 100%. Um, yeah. We're, we're hopefully the irons will get you down and uh, and dialed for Big Cedar Gentleman's Cup in in June. Oh, I'll be we ready. Gotta get, we got to get you a square, a square strike, dude. I think Tom put in the chat to see if it was legal <laughs> for him to buy one for the yeah. uh, Big Cedar. Hey, listen, you got to whatever it takes. You got to if you can't ship, you know, maybe we got to get you like a like a, a hybrid head on like a you know a thirty inch shaft, and you just put them around the greens. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever you got to do. The, the good old Chippewa. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Chip, well, we could do that. That's like what um, Sir Nick Faldo did towards the end of his career. He had the big yips with the wedge, and he would like take the barrel of his iron, like basically like he was putting, and that's how he chipped because he he couldn't do anything around the green. Holy so shit. maybe that's what we need to you know get Tom on. But um, <laughs> yeah, so pumped. Yeah, let's get some pictures up of those bad boys. Uh, yep. I'll get a picture up of the ping driver as well, which I've been still hitting very well. Uh, when I find the center of the club face and then uh, excited to see what the next change is. As soon as Vinny makes his final change, hopefully for the beginning of the year, we will do a what's in the bag uh, segment and talk through 
kind of our thoughts on why we have the current setup and and why uh, you know we're going to be using that going into the uh, Gentlemen's Cup in June <clears throat> at Big Cedar Lodge, like we've talked about a lot, which I'm I'm extremely pumped about. And we're only like I don't know two and a half, three months away, so yeah, it's getting close. Getting close. Jakey's taking a trip down to Virginia, tune get a little tuning session. I like Start it. Training. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's uh, yep. It's huge, man. I mean, when you're in snow like that, you should move south. And if your wife listens to the pod, I'll highly endorse Arizona for you guys. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a it's a great state, beautiful place. The weather's beautiful all year long. You maybe not during the middle of the summer, but you're a teacher, so you could find another house up north and and go back and visit the family in New Jersey during the summer. You know, it's there just a just a thought, throwing it out there, Paige, if you're listening. Um, but with that, guys, anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here for the week? Man, I'm good. I'm, I'm just like I'm looking forward to concession on TV. Truly, um, I think it could be a really good uh, viewing experience for everybody. I'm, I'm pumped. Agreed. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, everybody, like, go rewatch the final round of Riv if you didn't watch it because it's the shit. Yeah, super good. Well, everybody, we appreciate your time. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at the Gentleman's Double. Follow our new podcast link. It's different from the old one in the Breakfast Ball. We appreciate your patience as we make the change uh, of brand and logo, but everything I've heard from from the people that listen and, uh, and even new followers, they really appreciate uh, the change and like like the new branding. So we're glad that it's uh, it's taken effect. Vinny, take us home. All right, my friends. If you're going to do the exact thing I did this past Sunday after my round, a um, little disappointed, got home, poured myself a double, kicked back and watched the end of the round of uh oh out there at riv and damn it was amazing all right we'll be talking to you next week